You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 268. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by my new obsession you've probably heard me talk about before and is one of my favorite things to do in the morning, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic has a bunch of different elixirs and superfood-infused coffees and cacao mixes that I personally love. It's been so fun to see you guys also love them as much as I do. One of the reasons I love them To be honest, this is actually kind of interesting. Since drinking so much Four Sigmatic, I drink a mocha, which I'll tell you about in a second, by mixing a cacao mix with the Cordycep coffee. But as I've started to drink this, I have two to three of them a day, but thankfully they have half the caffeine. So it's kind of like drinking two cups of coffee for the caffeine of one, if you will. But I've started to drink caffeine and and lattes at regular restaurants, and I totally notice the difference. And I keep reminding myself as I try those, why I love Four Sigmatic so much, because it doesn't have the jitters, there's no crash and there's no stomach issues. And because the caffeine is half the caffeine, I can have to and not feel quite as jittery or gross as I do when I go to a regular cafe and order a latte. So if you are like me and that's not really your jam and you may even be like me and typically stick to tea instead, this is an amazing way to try coffee in a way that won't give you those jitters, crash or stomach issues. So like I said, my personal mocha of choice. And it's been fun to see you guys share on Instagram. And it's also been fun to see you guys share on Instagram too. Your mochas are the mushroom coffee with cordyceps plus the mushroom hot cacao mix. Those two mixed together with hot water are so easy and beautiful. They're also easy to travel with. When I went to Brisbane last weekend or a few weekends ago, it was also a cinch to pack the packets in my bag and just heat up water in the hotel room, stir it, and I was good to go. If you want to try this yourself, you can use the discount code LIVELY to get 15% off, which is huge, especially if you drink as much of it as I do. And you can also go check them all out and see what other options they have as well over at foursigmatic.com lively. I hope you love it as much as I'm clearly obsessed with it. Now let's move on. I'm in Sydney and I am working on a very exciting new project. Things are flowing into place in the most magical of ways with this project. I've obviously devoted myself to flow in many ways before and to see this project, which I've been hinting at here and there and have mentioned a little bit with Flow With Intention online members is just incredible. I truly believe it's one of the biggest things I've ever been gifted to receive and to share with you. So I'm going to share more details of that as it gets closer to the time to do so. But until then, I am doing another LOA Q&A. I hope you're loving them as much as I am. This episode is with Jasmine Starr. Jasmine Starr is an amazing photographer and now business mentor and coach online over at jasminestar.com. And obviously, you may have actually listened to her episode here on the show in the past. She is a speaker that I find is one of the most charismatic, loving, fun, engaging people I possibly have ever come across, especially in the speaking field. I remember seeing her years and years ago at Alt Summit and being so amazed at her speech that I watched it the next year again. She did the same speech and I didn't care. I was still amazed and blown away by her, I don't know, the power of her ability to speak her truth. So 
In this episode, we're doing LOA Q&A. She's not well-versed in LOA Q&A, just like Pat Flynn, but that's the best part of these. Having these conversations and sharing all of the many years and hundreds of hours of study I've had on the subject with people that are new to it, but also to then pull apart how they have maybe been using it in their own lives not knowingly, so unknowingly, how have they been doing it? That's what we're gonna talk with Jasmine about today. And we're also gonna talk about how she could have grown her already very successful in mammoth business more easily now that she's aware of LOI. So looking back on it, what she could have done differently that may help you as well. Let's go to the show. Jasmine, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, like ridiculously so, like way too excited. Well, yesterday on a Flow With Intention call and someone said that they found me from the interview with you. So they were one of your fans and then they started following and now they're in Flow With Intention. And I told her, I was like, well, Jasmine's coming on again. So get ready for it. Oh, this makes me so happy to hear. Wow. Good. Good. I love this. Okay. Awesome. All right. I know she got her manifestation, I suppose. So let's start with you. I know we've had you on ages ago, but we're going to talk about where you are because I think it's a different story to what you told us before. Absolutely. So the last time we had chatted, I was at this really awkward place in my business. And I think at the time I might've referred to it as like business puberty. It's like when you're changing and there's people watching you change. And so at the time I had built a business and a brand in the world of photography. And then I started teaching entrepreneurs like what it is to apply basic principles to grow their business on social media, building a brand. But for a lot of my audience, I would probably say more than 90% of the audience, people were kind of looking at me like, what is she talking about? Like, I want to know about cameras and apertures and why is she talking about actually building a business? What about the art of this? And so there's like this weird period where I'm just like, this is where I'm going. And I think that the principles apply to business people in general. And that was goodness, probably a year and a half, two years ago and have since then have just really stepped into this role. And, you know, finally, finally, that awkward junior high girl is now just about to enter her sophomore year. Still a lot of learning. Don't have my driver's license yet, but it is so much better than being in eighth grade. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. I can actually totally relate to your pivoting. You're like, they wanted to hear about apertures. What I imagine is for my show, it was never specifically overly focused on business. But when I started bringing law of attraction and like all this stuff, I was just like, hey guys, I'm going here. And this is maybe a little weird for you, but I'm not going to go back. So hopefully you stick around. You know that the episode where you actually came out, when you had said that this is where I'm going, and for some reason, I don't know why, I don't, please tell me if I'm making this up, but you had lost power. I think you were in London. It was dark. Yeah. Oh, see, girl, see, this was a minute ago. And I remembered it because I remember feeling just this burden and levity all in a single conversation because you had to just come out and put a stake in the ground and say, I'm changing directions. This is where I'm going. And you said that because you weren't able to talk about who you were now, you felt like you were not being your authentic self. I just felt like I had, I I mean, maybe this is TMI, but I was listening to it while I was taking a bath and I raised a soapy hand in the air and I was like, amen. Like I just felt because you did that. It gave me the power to say the same thing. Like I'm being inauthentic to my upward calling. And so thank you for that. Thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for leaving such an indelible impression. So here we are, two sophomores doing our thing. Yeah, I love it. And we'll put that episode. It's the things I'm afraid to tell you episode. 
And it's amazing. So this is amazing. I love your energy. I have a feeling you've been using law of attraction. Well, obviously everyone is using it. That's like saying to me, like, you've been using gravity your whole life. I can really tell, Jasmine. It really shows in your life, right? It's like, I really think you're using gravitational force to like an excellent degree. But even though we're all getting the impact of law of attraction happening regardless, I think you've been unpotentially, unknowingly manipulating it in wonderful ways for your life. But what have you known about law of attraction? And what are your honest to goodness thoughts on the term or the concept of law of attraction? I don't know much about it. I probably on a scale of like one to 100, I probably know like 3%. But I'm not opposed to this idea. I feel like I totally agree with what you said. I definitely feel that as of maybe three years ago, four years ago, I started trying to understand that I am the thinker of my thoughts and my thoughts aren't the things that dictate to me. And I don't know where that lies in like the spectrum of law of attraction, but I definitely think I'm using it even though I don't know what it is. You know what's really interesting? And this is something I haven't shared on the show before. So I'm not saying this is true, guys, but what I've been picking up on lately, and this is like super cutting edge for me and where I'm at in all of this, but let me just put this out there. This is going to sound even crazier than what you've just come to terms with. So what I've been flowing into lately, and I'd have no like study to say, here you guys go. There's like Pennsylvania University said, blah, 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 though. No, no, no. This is not there at all. But I'm actually starting to, from all the crazy stuff I've been studying, and also Jacob Lieberman, who was recently on the show, who's one of the most enlightened beings that I've ever spoken to directly. He had said something that at the time of his interview went over my head, and I kind of rejected it because it didn't meet my concept of reality and my awareness of what I've been told before. But as I've started to pay more attention to nuanced sources of information, what if this is even possible? So what if we are the awareness? Like you're saying, you're, you're starting to notice and detach from the thoughts. So you're like, I'm creating them, but also like at the same time, I can choose them and like I can pick different thoughts and I don't have to believe thoughts. That's where you're at, right? Yes. Okay, that is awesome because you're creating a separation between your awareness and the thought. But I too, like you was like, okay, I'm creating my own reality. Therefore, I'm creating my own thoughts. What I'm starting to now consider the possibility of, let's just put it that way. This is considering the possibility. Wouldn't it be crazy if thoughts are just like radio stations that you can have a crappy thought or you can have an elated thought. You can have a brilliant thought or you can have a really mean thought, right? So thoughts, what if you imagine them as corresponding to a certain radio station and depending on the emotional state you're in, the thought that you're receiving on your radio dial of your awareness that's coming in, it's not your thought. It's just a thought that matches the feeling you're having potentially at that moment. So what if the thoughts are just a radio station? So again, you can watch them and you don't have to attach to them. But what if they aren't even created by your own consciousness, possibly? What if they're just showing up in your consciousness, but they weren't actually derived by you? I don't know if this is true, but what if that's a possibly even more accurate way to describe reality? Okay. I don't know. I'm still working through all of this. I have no idea. You're like, you're so smart. Like, okay. So I will say a thousand percent that your thoughts are like radio stations. And I will kind of veer from you and say that we did create the thoughts. Like I believe I create my thoughts, but I choose to listen to the radio station that I want. 
And sometimes like when we listen to music, I remember like when I was 14 and I went to a new school and all the cool kids were like listening to 92.3, like thunder nights, right? It was all this like slow jams, R&B about heartbreak. And I would go to bed being like heartbroken, even though I had never had a boyfriend. I didn't know what I was just like, oh, I'm so melancholic because that was the thing I was listening to. And I think that thoughts are the same way is that you have the choice on what radio station you're going to listen to, and that will change your behavior, your feelings, and your emotions as a result. Yeah. And also, I do believe you can change the dial. Like You can select, all right, I'm going to choose to listen, like you said, to the R&B station or like Pharrell's happy song station. But it's just so interesting because Jacob was saying, he's like, why do you want something? And I said, because I decided. (laughs) You know, I was like, I decided. And he was like, what if the possibility or something along the lines of what if it became a possibility in your awareness? Like what created that as a possibility for you to even want? And his kind of idea, I think at the time I couldn't wrap my head around it because I was still more attached to my creation side versus my receiving of the concept. But it's just been really interesting to go, wait, 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 maybe I'm not actually even, I'm just in the frequency of something and I can adjust the dial. But even when I adjust and I choose to think a better thought, the desire or the inclination to choose that thought might also be something that's showing up in my awareness. I don't know. I and We can honestly, that's a whole nother subject and I'm far not yet there to describe that myself from any logical or scientific place. So let's go back to law of attraction though. You're kind of like 3% there. Now, is there 95% doubt and kind of like questioning about it too? It's totally fine if there is. Let's talk about the doubts if there are any there. No, I don't have doubts only because I don't really know what it is. Like, I don't know what to doubt. So no, there's none there. And there's no opinions or judgments because I used to find it kind of woo-woo. I remember people have been on the show that I love that would say, you know what? Like, if you just say it, it's not going to happen. So a lot of people end up rejecting it. Like Sherry Petersek, who's recently been on the show, she's like, I feel like everyone would be a millionaire if that was really true. (laughs) Like, if you just say I want a million dollars, like, wouldn't everyone be millionaires if that's how it works? So there's none of that kind of questioning going on in your head. You're just like, I don't even know what it is. Yes. Okay. So let's then do a really great summary for you and for anyone that's new to this too that's listening. So law of attraction is the idea that what you are receiving in your life, the things that are showing up in your life are a reflection of how you feel. So what most people take away from things is that it's what you think. And yes, your thoughts, if you're tuned to that radio station that's melancholy, you're going to feel pretty melancholic, like you said. Or if you're thinking thoughts that feel really happy, you may end up feeling elated. Well, we think that it's the words we're saying or the thoughts we're having, but it's truly the universe reflecting your feelings to you in circumstances outside of you. So if you feel a certain way, that's the reflection. So when we, when Sherry said, you know, I thought everybody would be millionaires if this is true. People can say all day that they are a millionaire or that they want a million dollars, but if they're feeling poor or if they're feeling broke or if they're feeling more aware of their current financial state that's not a million dollars and they're vibrating, their emotions are unlocking their cells with the neural peptides at the vibration And literally the feeling of not having the money or the reality of their lives is more compelling to their feelings than the idea of what they want. They're not going to get or attract it because it's how you feel that creates the vibration, not what you think. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Okay, so I know you've had a long and winding journey from law to photography, now to business, coaching, and mentorship. And I think your success, I would guess, has been largely based, without possibly even realizing it, on your ability to control, or not even control in a like obsessive way, but just to naturally rise to an emotional state of well-being that's been reflected in your circumstances. So you were able to feel happy, joyful, loving, free, whatever you're feeling before the realities happened in your life. And then as a result, the business matched that reality. Do you think that's possibly true looking back at your life without even realizing it consciously? Yes. But I would probably take a caveat with when you had said, oh, you're feeling happy. I don't think it was feeling happy even in some really dark times during my period in life, what I felt was hopeful. And I think that if I had felt happy, the results that I wanted would have come faster to me. But the hope was that kind of like steady force that guided me to where I needed to go. Yeah, so you could have gone faster if you had accelerated the emotion. But even hopeful is really good. If you were at doubtful, if you were at bored, if you were frustrated, if you were angry, if you were bitter, those would have been the opposite. And you would have seen your business reflect that. I too look back on my career as a business owner and gone, man, this could have gone so much faster and more easily had I been aware of emotional states and chosen to get into an emotional state before I took action. And I know you love our man, Gary Vee. He's been on the show too. He gets so jazzed from the actions he's taking. A lot of people don't realize that it's the emotions compounding the actions that are getting him the results where other people could take his same approach but not have the emotional joy derived from the actions and they will literally have burnout like crazy and have adrenal fatigue and it's all because the neural peptides they're pounding their bodies with as they're taking that action aren't in alignment with well-being. Does that make sense? Yes. So you, I know you love him and you love that like massive work ethic, but don't, do you find that it always brings you that joy as you're doing it where you could imagine someone that doesn't feel that would find that as a terrible experience? Oh, completely. Yeah. This is a huge issue, I think, in the entrepreneurship world is that the people that are succeeding are having this elated or, you know, generally optimistic or at least hopeful feeling and they're getting these results and then they're sharing their actions with people. But the people receiving the information aren't recognizing the leverage is in the emotional state that those people are in while they're taking those actions. So when someone just replicates someone physically, if the internal isn't right, the outside is not going to reflect the same results. So good. Yeah, I totally agree. Right? Because they'll say, oh, she's happy. Of course she's happy because she got the result. But they didn't realize you were actually happy before the result even happened. And they may be thirsty. I always use the word thirsty as an example. You can check in with yourself. Are you feeling thirsty for the thing that you're trying to get from the actions? If so, you know you're not at the vibrational level of already having the thing. That is the vibration that attracts it into your life. Or at least, like you said, hopeful. Hopeful is optimistic. Hopeful is positive energy moving forward. But it's not as powerful in intensity as a higher intensity emotion that is also positive. I love it. What's your thoughts going on in your head right now? Because I can tell you're thinking a lot. What are you thinking? I'm a quiet thinker. Like, so I'm the kind of person who amasses a lot of aggregate information from somebody I trust and then I disseminate. 
what everything you've said right now, I'm like, yes. And this is why I think people like Gary Vaynerchuk gets like so much heat. People are like, that's the worst work ethic. When do you sleep? When do you see your family? When do you do this? Like, but they're applying it without that oxygen. They're applying it without like what you like the terminology you're using is they're applying it without that level of vibration, that it comes from such a good place that he can run at that pace because it's coming from authentic. It's not replicating. Whereas I think like other people be like, Oh, he works, you know, 14 hours a day. I'll work 14 hours a day to get the same results. And it's like, no, he's able to work 14 hours a day because he's already envisioned the results that he's going to get. It's just like easy. It comes to him. It lights him up. Exactly. And other people feel so thirsty for what they want emotionally that they're not getting the results. And he gets also for him, he gets he thrives on what he would call thirsty. I bet if I had him on the show about this, it'd be fascinating because he probably say, no, Jess, I love the chase. I love the fact that I'm not there yet. And I want to be a billionaire and I want to have the jets, you know, he's like, and I love that that drives me. Right. But what he's saying, if you really listen, even though he feels like he's still thirsty, (laughs) he's saying that he loves it. So he's at the frequency of loving the chase. So even though he feels thirsty for the object that's not there, there is love coursing through his body of the journey of the chase. So even though he might actually not even awareingly like being aware of like feeling that thirstiness and that gap, he might like make a whole speech about it, thinking how powerful that is. But what he's not recognizing and what people that listen to him wouldn't recognize is that it's his love of the chase that's actually pumping his cells in that moment, not the thirstiness for the thing. He's loving the chase. He's not actually upset that it's not there yet because he loves the chase so much. Absolutely. I agree. It's interesting as you're focusing on business owners, one of the things I've become very uninterested in lately is business advice because I find for me, the emotional alignment gives me the inspired actions that all write for my business. So I don't have to look for a formula or a process other than what my intuition is leading me to next. Now that may be leading me to a business process or to a business coach, but it's not like I'm seeking the answers first from them. They're a result of my intuition's guidance. So I find as I do this, I'm breaking like all the business rules or processes, but it's the alignment within myself and that emotional connection that I've made that's really allowing my business to double and double every year without me having to effort and effort anymore. I'm finding people are usually looking for the answers first and foremost from someone that succeeded in the area of what they want, but they're not taking into consideration whether that's actually the path for them. What are your thoughts on that with the business world right now and people seeking answers outside themselves? Oh my God, yes. From my experience, and I am heavily involved with just building a community, and nine out of 10 times, they ask a question, but they know the answer. It's like their gut, their spirit has already told them, but they want somebody to co-sign. I love that. They want the co-signer to take action. They're taking action on the co-signer rather than themselves. Why do you think that is? To absolve responsibility, to point at somebody and be like, you said I should do this and look what happened. Yeah, Jasmine or Gary told me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
I should be very fair. It's that and it's also permission. We are in a current state, specifically in the United States, in a permission-based society and economy. Like I go to law school, I can be a lawyer. I pass a test, I can be this thing. And so we've been conditioned all throughout school, all throughout college as permission. If you do this and pass, if you do this and succeed, if you do a litany of things, you were guaranteed to go where you want to go. And sometimes people just ask for permission and they don't know they're asking for permission, but they're really just asking for permission. And for those people, I have deep, deep empathy. Like I feel like honest to God, I would literally design a beautiful permission slip and have it on my website and say, download this and fill in your name because I give you the permission that you so desperately want, even though, you know, you don't need my permission. But sometimes people just want one person, even if it's a stranger on the internet to believe in their ability to do the thing that they know they've been called to do. Oh my God. A freaking men. And I just had this realization. So what you just described is so beautiful. Here's what's happening. And this is why the system that way is broken. The people that innovate are the ones that are listening to their inner being and they're breaking, quote unquote, the rule. So Gary didn't do things the way normal people do them. He was always innovating. So he's then the person that's at the top. You broke the rules of photography. You didn't even know what you were doing. You started your business and you were self-taught and you did all the things, quote unquote, wrong, right? But basically what that is, is you're innovating, innovating, innovating with your intuition, with your intuition just like Gary was, just like Zuckerberg was, just like Gates was, just like Apple was. So you get all of these people that innovate and break rules don't ask for permission. They become successful, not because following any rules, but because they followed their intuition. Then everyone else looks at their success and ask for permission from them. But the permission didn't actually cause anything. They actually broke all the permission slips to actually get to where they were. This is why I have the problem with business coaching. It's not the problem with business coaching. It's the asking for permission, like you're saying, rather than getting the alignment inside and then doing what's in alignment for them, which may break all the rules that you're telling or that I'm telling or that Gary's telling, because their alignment is more powerful than any actions they ever could take. Yes. Drop the mic right now. Just drop it right now. Go ahead. Right? So if we could just like say the recognition of the success is not coming from following the permission slips or the the path of someone else. It's from finding the alignment and then letting that alignment in themselves bring the right path for them to them. And it may look like advertising on Facebook. It may look like things you've done, but it's only if that is also in alignment with their path, not that the path itself was the success factor. Yep, exactly. Hopefully for anyone out there listening, you can recognize when your ego has this desire to absolve itself of the uncertainty. Uncertainty is scary. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to try to do what Jasmine did because it seems more certain. What they need to realize is that Jasmine's path wasn't any more certain than theirs is right now. All she did was listen to her gut and her gut and her gut over and over again. And through that, while also pairing it with a hopeful at that point, but you could even look back and say, man, if I could have done it a little happier, it probably would have got there even faster. But as positive an emotion as you can get, that is the magic formula. It's not someone else's path. It's those two things paired together and then taking the actions those lead you to. Amen. So that's how law of attraction works in business. Just to (laughs) summarize back to law of attraction. It is, you can also say this for relationships. You could say this for any area of your life. This is amazing. 
This is also true for weight loss as just a random other topic, right? People look to other people that have lost weight and they say, okay, whatever they did is what I should do to get those results. But they're not paying attention to the emotional work that was done first and foremost, or they could get the result, but even the person that's on the pedestal could be miserable, which in the long term isn't actually what that person wants anyway, because the whole desire for anything is so that we'll feel better from having it. We just have it backwards. Like you said, we have this permission and we're, we're just waiting to feel good when something happens rather than switching it up and going, oh, I want to have this because I'll feel better. What if I choose, like you said, what if I tune into the radio stations where I already feel better? And actually by doing that, I'm going to get there way easier than holding myself away from the happy radio station until I make the money. Exactly. And I think that it comes back down to that choice. And I don't want to come across like you're the specialist at this girlfriend. I just know that for me, if I was listening to this, like maybe last year, I would be like, okay, but how, like, how do I turn the radio station when what I see, like, this is the music that's playing for me. Like I'm in a subway and this is the music that's playing. Sorry, I don't get to choose it. And I think that preliminary steps and something that I practice every single day is that for me, I'm very driven and I'm very, very, very focused. So if I don't break even like my physical pattern or my posture, I'm not going to be fully cognizant of what I'm trying to tell myself. So if here's the thing, I get negative thoughts, I get scary thoughts, I get angry thoughts, I get good thoughts, I get the whole spectrum of thoughts. But then I have to say, whenever I get something negative or very worrisome, or I grew up extraordinarily poor and had a lot of like my parents lost their home. Homes. I mean, it was really rough growing up. And I think that that has put a fear in my mind that what I have earned today will go away and I'll go back to what it means to lose a house and I'll go back to having, you know, to catch the bus and I'll go back to living in a neighborhood where there's drive-by shootings. Now, this is the most ridiculous thing that anybody could ever think. And somebody hearing this would be like, that's weird. But the fear is, what I've worked for will go away. So that's the fear. And I will find all these ways that I will lose this. And the minute I think that thought and the moment I focus on that thought, like this will go away, I'm actually projecting it will go away. So in order for me to change this thought, something that I have learned how to do, and maybe this has nothing to do, I have no idea, but all I know is that I feel better when I place one hand on my heart and one hand on my stomach and I take three deep breaths and I think to myself, that is a negative thought. It takes just as much energy to think that I will lose what I have earned as much energy as it takes for me to think that I can double, triple, I can live a life that is full and happy and healthy. I choose the full, happy, healthy thought. Take three breaths and then I'm just, okay, we're moving on. Oh my God, I have goosebumps all over my body. I bet a lot of people do as well. What you just described, do you wanna know what you're doing when you did that? What, tell me. You're creating, what, this is a sciencey term now, it's so getting out of the woo-woo, you know, we're not going to, we select our thoughts through whatever we're receiving them to, actual stuff they're studying. So heart, brain, coherence, okay? So when you had the negative thought of I could lose it all, which is so beautiful to share, Thank you for sharing that because I was like, obviously you haven't lost it because law of attraction, if you really were vibrating all the time at that, would find ways to show that to be true for you. So you could validate the thought because law of attraction is just like gravity. It's just like, well, that's what you're putting out. The universe doesn't care. It doesn't judge. It's just giving you what you're putting out. 
what you put out comes back to you, right? But you're not vibrating primarily on that. And the way you just described that you switch it is actually more and more scientifically understood. So when you had the crappy thought, your heart has 40,000 neurites in it, which are basically, it has its own little brain that's separate from the neurites in your brain. Now, obviously the brain has way more neurites than the heart, but other glands, every chakra you've ever heard about in your body has a center, a gland, and there are neurites in that area of your body. So there's kind of a center of awareness in those. Now, not nearly as much as the cerebral brain, but especially in the heart is the second actually, and the gut is also very strong. So I'm just going to focus on the heart-brain coherence because we know the most about that from people we've had on the show. What happens when you get into that? When you put your hand on the heart, you're directing your consciousness to that center as well. When you are having the crappy thought, you're not feeling good. It's out of alignment with your feelings in your heart. Your brain in your heart, if you call it a heart-brain, has separate beliefs than your cerebral brain. So When you are out of alignment with the beliefs of your cerebral brain and your heart brain, there is stress. Your body's under stress. When you think you could lose it all, you are stressed out. Your brain waves and your heartbeat and the waves of your heart are not in coherence. The heart rate variability, respiration, and perspiration are out of whack. They're out of sync. That is when your body thinks it's getting mauled by a tiger or you're chasing something. You're not healing. You're not recovering. You're not in a restful healing state because the body's preparing itself for fight or flight. Okay? So you had that thought and then you took the deep breaths And you literally placed your awareness on the other centers in your gut and your heart. And when you did that and you slowed the breathing down, you actually slowed the brain waves down to match the heart coherence, to match the respiration, perspiration, and and variable heart rate. So when you have those in harmony with your brain as well, 1,300 biochemicals are being released. Your body's in healing. You're back into a stable healing place. So you actually taking those physical actions aligned with thoughts that align with the heart is actually retraining your body to go back to its natural, peaceful state. I'm so blown away right now. You intuitively did it. You didn't even need to know it. This doesn't even matter. But if you really wanted, Jasmine, and you felt like, oh my gosh, I would love to do this even more deliberately, and you kind of feel like being a little science nerd, you don't have to be a science nerd. You can literally do exactly what you did, you guys. You do not need to buy anything to do this. Put your hand on your heart. Breathe slowly. Find peaceful, uplifting thoughts. Go watch a YouTube video that makes you cry of happiness, right? (laughs) Literally, when I've gone to seminars where they teach this stuff, they literally just put on like a the voice or some kind of like, usually it's a singing thing. It's usually someone's amazing story and then they start singing and everyone starts crying in the audience. So they put something on that will make you feel really uplifted and happy and emotional and puts you into your heart. You're just doing it with a thought, but you can also go do that deliberately if you want to. To do it for three minutes, three times a day, is releasing incredible amounts of harmony and healing in your body. And if you want to know for sure that you, as a science nerd, maybe care about seeing this and knowing you're doing better and better at this and actually see the coherence factor, you can actually go buy from HeartMath, you can go buy a monitor. I have one. And you just clip it on your ear as you meditate. And it has a little thing. So Jasmine, you probably love this if you felt like it to do this because it's so dead simple. They have this app you put on your phone. They have different ways of showing it. There could be a bar. There could be a flower that gets bigger and smaller. There's different little ways they show you, but you just breathe in and then you breathe out. 
You breathe in and you breathe out in rhythm with what it's showing you that's moving. And then you try to have an elevated emotion as you do so. When you do that, it then will record your heart-brain coherence. You literally will see when you are incoherent and how high and how low it was. So you can actually see what you're literally doing and see that you're getting better at it if you actually care that much. But you don't have to do that, guys. Like, Don't feel like you have to go buy it. I just feel like very, very, very thankful that sometimes it's like I should be very fair and 100% transparent. Like I do practice yoga and sometimes they'll sit in different postures and we do breathing exercises. And the thing that I noticed that kind of just was really settling for me was placing my hand um, on my heart and on my stomach. And and then I ended up just somewhat blending it into the thoughts that I need to be thinking. I kind of just like hodgepodge this thing, but derived clearly from some intuition. Yes. And I think your intuition has been extremely strong. I think most people that innovate and have success because they're really just following their intuition, right? When you started your business, were you trying to follow the path or permission slip of anyone else? Largely, no. But I will say, again, in full transparency, that there is some value to seeing what other people have. Like my MO, my modus operandi, is so attuned. When people say, oh, Jasmine's an innovator, I kind of, it kind of makes me like, it makes me feel like I'm wearing a jacket that's too small. I would never consider myself to be an innovator, yet I've been classified as such because what I can do is look at what's working and has worked for others and say, there's the gap. This is where I'm going. So there is value of looking at what other people have done, like our forefathers, our foremothers, people who've transcended, like who've gone before us. Yes, there's value in that. And I think that I definitely did that as I entered into my photography career and then business career. I did that, but then I quickly, quickly pivoted and said, okay, those are the rules of the game. Watch me make a new sub game. Yeah. And what you did, you didn't ask. I love that you don't think that, but look what you did. You looked for the gap and you didn't ask anyone, can I go in that gap? Is it okay if I go in the gap? Is that gap for me? Does it have my name on it? Is it okay to go there? You decided. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh my God. I'll tell anybody. Like no one's going to give you that permission. The only way that you will get to where you want to go is if you find the gap or else you are mixed in the crowd and then you compete on things that everybody's competing on on gear, on websites, on blogging, on social media stats. It's like that game has already been played, boo. And if you're not number one now, you're not going to be number one tomorrow. So how do you go down and carve your own path? You fill a gap, you create a niche of a niche, and you understand that there's so much power in depth because depth can then lead to width. But if you want to go wide, you will never go deep. Yeah. And you know what I can even say is whatever this space is that I might now have flowed my way into I don't even think, I don't even spend any time thinking. I see what people reflect to me. Like someone said this in the class yesterday. She's like, I've been studying Abraham for 10 years. Well, I've been studying Abraham for two years, right? But I've been going like crazy into it. So there's very few people in 10 years that have spent thousands of hours like I crazily have on it. But she goes, Jess, you've broken it down in a way I can apply it better than I've ever understood it before. So I hear that a lot. I can break things down or I bring in the science and stuff. But the great thing is, guys, when you're following your alignment, you're following your intuition, and your flow, you don't have to overthink like, where's the gap? You don't have to think about strategizing. Literally, I just show up in alignment. And if you show up in alignment with yourself, people will decide how you're different from someone else and they'll tell you, but you don't even have to pick it. Like, I don't even care how I'm different. I just know it's alignment that matters most. And as long as I have that, that's all that matters to me. And then you can let the audience decide how you're different or not. Like it comes much more simple. Does that make sense? Totally. 
Absolutely. And I think that sometimes if I, I mean, again, if I was listening to this a year ago, I would be like, that's great and fine for you. But let me tell you where we're from. It doesn't flow like that, baby. And I will say that it's exactly, exactly what you had just said. It's you showing up. And I think that it's understanding the power that we possess as individuals. Like no matter what other people are doing, what you do and how you do it is uniquely your own and will resonate with a small group of people. Like, that's exactly what you need. And what you're saying is when they're trying to replicate someone else's thing, they're no longer taking their individuality in account. But when you're just following your intuition, there's nothing but your individuality that matters. Yes. Yes. And so you don't even have to overthink this, guys. You don't have to use your conscious mind to decide how you're going to project yourself because that's just the ego creating a mask. If you take off the mask of that, like I'm not going to try to be anything. I'm just going to show up in my joy and you're going to find what your joy is. My joy for last year was studying science-related stuff to all of this unendingly. That just was what my joy was. So I did it and now I have that aspect of me that people resonate with. But it wasn't because I wanted to be the sciencey, less woo-woo person in this field. It was just because it made me happy. And it literally can be that easy also to go back. I love your reflection back on me a year ago person, because that could be some people listening right now. So it's wonderful you're bringing that up. When they say it works for you and it works for Jasmine, because you guys are where you are, they're creating their own reality. So they're believing that thought They're vibrating at that this won't work for me and they will find, unlike you, when you think that thought or you have the thought, you receive the thought potentially of I could lose it all and you get back in your coherence, if they're not course correcting that thought for themselves and they truly believe it and they don't bother changing it, that it could work for me too to follow my intuition and that I don't have to make this hard for myself like I've possibly been doing or perceiving that it needs to be done. They will create that reality for themselves and they will see it prove true for them. This is the hardest part. And it's because the law of attraction in a way is kind of like a chameleon, right? Because it's really just reflecting your beliefs back to you. So if someone believes that America is a certain way, there's probably like 350 million different perceptions of reality about America in America because people believe differently and they're all seeing their truth reflected back to them. So if you think the law of attraction doesn't work, you're going to believe and see truths that reflect that to you. If you think it does work, and by saying it works, what we're obviously assuming is that we're able to focus in a deliberately positive way and get deliberately positive results. Because it's like gravity, saying you're not sitting on the ground, we're not arguing about whether we're sitting right now. We are all sitting. But if when we say law of attraction, we're actually always innately as humans inclined to imagine law of attraction as being what we want. But law of attraction is not the law of what we want. I've had an episode on this. It's not about what we want. It's just reflecting where we're at. So if we believe it, we're going to then try to shift to a more positive way of thinking. We're going to see that truth. If someone doesn't believe that by shifting to a positive way of being, they'll change or they'll see any difference, they will see that reflected at them, which will make them believe that the law of attraction is not a real thing. But it's literally just because they're putting that belief out there, they're going to see that come back to them. So everybody's right because the law of attraction is more like a mirror than anything else. I couldn't agree more. And one thing that you had said that really spoke to me is like when somebody says, oh, well, that will work for Jess or that will work for Jasmine. My answer is like, well, one, because I just grew up in the ghetto is like, you're right. 
it does work for her and it won't work for you. It does work for me and it won't work for you. You want to know why? Because it's my, it's my ownership of where I am. It's not like that works for them because it's them. It works for them because it's truly ours and you have yours truly as long as you're willing to do the hard work and reflect the thing that you want. Yes. And that's the work. When it comes to work, it's not about the actions. Here's the thing. It's the alignment before action. So this is what I spend all my time trying to retrain people's perceptions that are open to it to is get into alignment and then because when you're at that frequency, you're going to be at the either the frequency of thinking the thought or receiving the thought, whichever way it's coming. <laughs> you're going to come to solutions that match where you're at. So if you're at a really low state, the solution you're going to be hearing, receiving, or tuning into is like that really melancholic radio station you talked about. But if you're at the emotional state of well-being or already being there, the solution that matches that is going to come to you. An example of this in a practical business sense, since this seems to be kind of becoming a business episode, which is totally fine, I had this upload issue when I first came to Australia in October last year with my class. I taught for five or six hours and I needed to upload the video that had downloaded to my computer of the recording of it for the rest of people that couldn't make it live. And I taught every two days. It took over 24 hours to get the upload because Australia's upload times are 50th in the world. I could upload faster in Kenya, for example, than here. So it is very slow. So with this, I had an option. Am I going to feel crappy because this is like people are asking where the recording is. I'm spending 24 hours stressing about this. Am I going to fight Australia's upload time at the level of the crappy upload time that it is? Or can I find a way to hang in the happiness of it already being resolved, even though it's not right now? That was my choice. Am I going to feel like it's already done? Or am I going to feel like it's the truth that I'm looking at staring me in the face right now, which is I'm stressed out. Everybody's asking where this is. I can't even use my computer because I'm too afraid that it's going to slow down the already slow upload times for a day, etc. right? I had a choice. I chose because of this awareness of all of this to hang as happy as I could and just stay in the happiness, not let this bring me down. And so I just tried to hang out there and go, okay, this is already done. This is already done. I'm like, how could from this feeling of feeling good, how could I feel this good? Like, what are the options that come to mind? And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this little word cloud recording, which I'd seen months or years ago, I was like, that's kind of something. I don't know what it is, but that might maybe be a solution. So I called Zoom and I just said, hey, here's my situation. Is there anything I can do? And they said, sure, for $40 a month, we can upload it in America and record it for you. And within 45 minutes, you'll have it done. And you don't even have to deal with uploading at all. It'll just be taken care of. And I was like, are you kidding? That's exactly what the solution I needed was so I can get it out to them quickly. But if I was upset and I was focused on the upload speeds in Australia, and I was emoting and focused and fixated with my thoughts and my feelings on that and fighting that, I would have only had the ability to think about how can I make the fastest upload time in Australia? So I would have been looking at, can I go to some special place that has somewhat faster internet and do it in 12 hours instead of 24? I would have been analyzing how to keep my own computer and how to keep uploading from dealing with upload speeds in Australia rather than leapfrogging over the whole Australia upload time altogether. And that's so good. I'm going to apply that. Like, I didn't know that that's an option. I love it. 
Yeah, it's an option to say, this is not an issue. If I can hang out emotionally there long enough and think or receive the thoughts that match that radio station of Eureka, it's already done and it's not hard. What appeals to me? What appears to me? What catches my eye? What opportunity floats my way? Hang out as much as you can and the feeling of whatever it is already being done and the solution that matches that feeling will come. But you have to stay there longer than two seconds. It takes 16 seconds to get the emotional peptides really creating a state of being in you. And you'll be surprised at actually how hard it is to think any positive thought for that long when you're feeling negative. It's easy to kind of go downward, but we're less attuned and less trained to wind ourselves up. But that's part of our consciousness and evolution. So that's just a really practical business advice is if you literally are at the level of the problem, you're going to be fighting the problem versus being at the level of the solution where there is no problem. Because I'm not even dealing with Australia's upload times anymore. But I couldn't have even thought that thought or received that thought had I been more fixated on Australia's upload times than just feeling good. So good. So stinking good. So here's a question. I want to think back to some of your pivotal process in your career. Could you look at some of those things that go, oh, that's what I was doing and I didn't even realize it at the time? I think in like a really basic sense and it's something that I still do to this day is whenever I do something like really uncomfortable or new, I always have to set – I don't even know if this is the right language. You might be just like, Jasmine, you're using it wrong. But like I set my intentions and I'm naturally an introvert. I love working by myself. I love silence. I recharge this way. If, a thou- if I can choose a thousand times over, it would be to be by myself. So this idea of going live on Facebook, I have relatively strong Facebook presence. And so to go live and then make myself accessible, it just made me nauseous. And I just felt like things and emotions were of inadequacy and ego kept on like coming up big time. And so then I just laid on the floor with my palms up and I just took 10 deep breaths and I said, this isn't about you. It's about the one person that you're going to help. Because all of a sudden I felt all this pressure to be everything to everyone, which is a trigger I've suffered in the past with depression. And one of the triggers that I've learned over the years is the feelings of inadequacy and the feelings of letting people down. And so to put myself in that space on my Facebook page and not answer everybody or not be everything or not pay attention to every single person, I know it sounds ludicrous, but I would internalize it and feel so bummed after. And I think that once I cleaned out like that barrel And I set my intentions and I said, you're focusing on one person and your entire objective is to help one person. And your intention is to be totally true in yourself and do the best you can, that that changed everything. Okay. So now those are the thoughts. And you talked about how you thought your way up the ladder. What was the emotion you had before? And what was the emotion you came away with before you started based on those thoughts? Well, the before thoughts were, oh, it's fear and stress and anxiety and overthinking and imagining like everything I was going to do wrong. And so that was the thought you're imagining what could go wrong and fear and anxiety were the emotions that were actually in your body and activated. You laid down and you kind of did another formation or a little different variation on the heartbrain coherence because you laid down, you put the hands up, you're in a receiving mode, you found more coherence, the slower breathing. And then when you had those other thoughts of just one person, how did you feel going into it from that? What were the emotions then? I don't know if wholeness is an emotion, but I felt whole and I felt pure and I felt happy and I felt right. You had heartbrain coherence because that would be that sense of well-being that when the heart and the brain waves are in alignment, you feel. 
So you found your alignment and your heart and your brain. So they were on the same team where before your brain was running around and your heart was like, I am not happy about this. This is not how I want to feel. This doesn't feel good. We totally ignore the fact. We are aware as a culture that stress is bad. And stress is our catch-all term for a negative emotional state. And if you think about it, when people say, oh, like law of attraction doesn't work, think about how many people are stressed. We use that word like it's a, like what probably one of the most common words in the, the American language is stress. And like all that's meaning is out of alignmentness, <laughs> like not in a positive emotional state. And so when people are in that and they're going out there, they're going to see situations that reflect that. Look at our health industry, look at our debt industry, look at the industries that are out there that are largest, and look how they may often correlate to negative emotional states that may be actually triggering. We think that we're stressed because of the money. We think that we're stressed because of the health. The actual truth is the stress is causing the rest of the things to reflect. It's a back and forth in the mirror. It supports itself. But when we start to recognize we can choose to shift this deliberately before the circumstances change, this is the big evolution. And this is you, Jasmine, a year ago that may go, yeah, Jess, that's easy for you to say. But it is about reversing the evidence of the senses. Our society right now is very basic and it's very elemental. It's very reactionary. When something happens, we don't know how to feel differently than what we're seeing. But that is when consciousness is using itself deliberately, is when you learn how you can emote different to the physical senses. When you can feel differently than what the physical senses are showing, you then create the ability to control your reality. And I love that it's kind of stuck, kind of in its own hodgepodge way, stuff that I've been doing, but now to know, like, I guess, technical scientific terms and the reasons behind it is really cool. Yeah, because you literally, if you didn't have your heart-brain coherence technique that you made up intuitively to find ways to de-escalate those thoughts about I don't deserve it or this is could all go away, look at the stats on the millionaires that win the money from the jackpots and the lottery and how many often end up going back to broke because they have those beliefs. They don't believe or vibrate long enough to maintain this new state of being. So when their state of being remains the same, their circumstances match. So you have been doing this, and this is what's beautiful about this, is people don't need to know this is there because it's happening anyways. And so some people have been having great success without realizing the physics of it. And I think that when they don't realize the physics of this with the consciousness and the emotions connected to all of this, they end up thinking their actions are really doing more than the emotions. But it's really the secret Wizard of Oz behind the curtain is the emotional component and the physical actions, just the manifestation and the outcropping, the outflow of that. And so it's very confusing message when other people hear what to do. Because again, like you said, everyone's looking for the permission slip of what to do outside of themselves. So if we can reverse the evidence of the senses over time, that's what the show is devoted to at this point, is teaching people how to think and feel how you want before you see the thing change and watch how the things change often even of themselves. I've noticed from my own life, my alignment in my career 
is pretty much relatively, quote unquote, unshakable, knock on wood. Like nothing will tempt me to get out of alignment. Nothing feels worth it for me to be out of alignment or unhappy. Like I will not have a sponsor. I will not have someone in my class. I will not even do anything if it's not going to make me happy because I have that unshakable alignment there. But I haven't had that with my skin or I haven't had that with visualization and body or I haven't had that in dating lately. So not like recently, but in like other recent months. And so I've recently got to the point of realizing, well, my business keeps going exponentially well because my emotional state is so consistently there because I won't vary from it no matter what, that my circumstances have to match in my career that amazing state. And so I was like, well, with the skin thing, for example, I don't want to use the old drying out products. I got really clear skin, but I was still using benzoyl peroxide and some other stuff to keep it there. And I stopped wanting to use those products. I just wanted to be able to still have clear skin, but not dry out the skin with those things. But then the skin started flaring up as I didn't use it. So I was kind of triggered again. Oh, God, here it is again. And I finally just said, screw it. I want to feel good, which is what I think the skin being clear will make me feel anyways. So screw the skin. I'm just going to go for feeling good and I'm over it. And as I've done that, I have noticed this week my skin is clearing up. All the little breakouts that had started from not using the products and I started worrying about and being stressed about, my skin's actually clearing up, but I've changed nothing other than saying screwing it. Like that's (laughs) my newest acne remedy is just saying screw it. Nothing is worth it. So anyways, that's just like a physical example. But Is there any area in your own life you could put this or apply this even more than maybe you have been already or do it more deliberately? I think it's been an active process. And the more aware I've become of it with certain parts of my life, I've been applying it to other parts of my life. I don't think that there's an area of my life that I'm like, no, no, not this thing that's worked so well for me in my other aspects. I refuse. So not necessarily, no. Good. I call it yesterday on the class, I called it smearing. Smear that good feeling or that alignment that's unshakable in one area into another. Take that area that's really strong that you find that's pretty easy and you nothing's worth it for you. A lot of my members in class, they had that about the kind of, it was Valentine's Day when we were coaching. So they were talking about how, actually it was just kind of became a theme about the show. And a lot of people had found their partners when they weren't trying to find them. So they had no resistance, but they also had no negative emotion about not having one. So they were at the emotional state of having one, even though they didn't and they weren't thirsty for it. That's when it happened. It's when they like let it all go. And then they often I'll find with my students, they will often have it in relationship. They'll be really strong about like, it's not worth it, you know, like not worth being unhappy. So they they have that alignment and then their relationships are really easy and flow. (laughs) But then they're thoughts or ego takes them out of alignment, out of that truth in their career. They're like, but I really need the career to work because if I wasn't with this person, how would I support myself? And then all the same doubts come into that area versus the other. So it's for them about smearing that unconditional alignment they have from their relationship side into more into their career side and recognize it's all the same. It's not one being more or less stable than the other. It's just the story you're telling in your mind that makes you think that it is different. So good. Anyways, so do you feel like you're a little clearer on law of attraction that you get what you feel about? Yeah. And that like it's an actual thing that I have been deploying and not really aware of it. So to be more cognizant and then lean into that and then trust my intuition, which is something I've always done. But it's nice to hear it from somebody else being like, girl, your intuition was what got you here. Don't let it go. Yes, exactly. Please 
and thank you. Yes, like use that. I know you've been doing it, but I just, I want to applaud you and celebrate that because that's truly been giving you so much joy. Acting out of it is not joyful because you're not in the heart-brain coherence. Yes, and you know, I keep a 365-day journal and I've kept it, I literally write like just a few sentences each day. And I have seen this complete change to where the word that I highlighted back in 2014 was joy. Joy just felt so elusive. I think naturally I'm a happy person, but happiness isn't joy. And the minute that I started shifting and being just so much more aware of the way I was speaking to myself and the thoughts that I was thinking and cultivating a higher level of consciousness and awareness was then I felt like the joy just became a thing in my life. And I feel like that wasn't something that happened by chance. Oh my gosh, beautiful. And I think the most powerful thing that you've just shared for everyone out there is that hand on heart, hand on stomach, three deep breaths, and realize it takes just as much emotion or energy to think a different thought than the one that was currently going on. Like just helping people that simply get back into coherence without even needing to do any scientific stuff about it is just beautiful. Thank you. I just feel like so special that our journeys have yet intersected here again. And we're just in like really crazy, awesome spaces. And the fact that I get to be on your learning, you know, one day I'm so glad this is recorded because the beginning when you, we kind of, for some reason went on a little bit of a tangent. I'm so happy that was recorded because honestly, you're going to be like in two or three years, you're going to look back and be like, God, I had this awkward conversation and you're going to play it back. And you're going to say like, did you hear like how I didn't really know what I was talking about? Did you hear how I kind of sort of stumbled over these? thoughts. That right there is such a gift because I think in two or three years, we have another conversation where we say, wow, we have come such a long way together. Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to explain or maybe it's not true, but yeah, more and more I'm like, are we even thinking these thoughts or these things we're just, we're catching awareness of? Like it literally is my newest contemplation. Let's put it that way. So yeah, in three years, maybe I'll be like, that's old news. We're so far beyond. So what would you tell anyone just starting out on this journey from your experience? Trust your intuition look for the gap and find really smart people in your life who will explain difficult concepts like just lightly. <laughs> Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jasmine, thank you for coming on the show again. If you want to send Jasmine a message, you can do so over on Instagram at Jasmine Star. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in crystal loving lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Jasmine Star 2. Before I share what I'm up to next, I'd like to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys may, in the U.S. especially, be dealing with the tax season that's upon us for 2017, you may be looking at your bookkeeping and feeling like you want to enjoy that process. I know I was wanting that. I had that in my vortex of creation for many years as I worked on a leading competitor's process and their programming and hated it, hated, hated, hated bookkeeping until I found FreshBooks and FreshBooks became my I don't even know. It's like really, as you guys have heard me say probably before, my favorite thing or process or product. I like it as much as MailChimp. I like it as much as Instagram. It really makes something that is a subject that I'm not super excited about, but is so easy to use that I love going in there. It makes this 
easeful. It makes it flow. It makes it so much more enjoyable and ultimately aligning when bookkeeping is usually not the thing that I would find aligning in any other way. It's because FreshBook makes it so good. The mobile apps, all of the features, just go try it yourself and see if you love it as much as I do. You can get a free 30-day trial by heading over to freshbooks.com lively. I truly love this. have been using it since 2012 and now I'm going six years strong. Now let's move on. What I'm up to next, as I have shared, there's a secret project that has been cooking up, working on that, and then also relaxing from the Flow with Intention online class. We're turning that now into our evergreen version, so you guys will be able to join that whenever you like, which is exciting for people that when they hear about alignment and flow and they want to know more and want to do the deep dive, we now have over 40 hours in the 101 level and 117 hours of coaching in the masterclass level. So obviously we have talked a lot about this subject in depth with people from around the world on many different subjects and scenarios in their own lives. And I'm excited to be able to offer this to people whenever they want to join. So that'll be coming out in the evergreen join whenever you feel like it format soon. And then on a personal note, my own life, the flow of decorating is that I have a coffee table. That's exciting. Found a black marble one, but the hardware was not delivered. So I am waiting for the hardware to be delivered and then hoping to flow into someone to help me put this together because it is a very, very heavy top. But that is my own personal adventure to have as an unfolding in my personal life. And that's about it. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. 